marriage today. <laughs> and uh, I have to find an equal opportunity offender next week on the women so that we don't just, that we just don't pick on the guys. Um, so I'll, I'll do what I can to find that. But um, does anyone else hear the buzz or is it just me? We hear a buzz. Let's work on the buzz. Thank you. Um, so we're in this, this series called Cooties. We've been talking about for the last three weeks. Um, today is the third week we'll be doing this. And um, we kind of talked in general about relationship cooties and having these cooties. And, 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 and you all know the term cooties, right? We know these, that there's a thing you're afraid of, that you don't want to, ooh, don't touch it, you're going to get it, you know. And, and so today we're going to talk about marriage cooties. And I have to... Uh, admit to you that I really struggled in in preparing this message um, for a couple of reasons because one is I just I don't think I'm certainly not and Drew can attest to this I am not the poster child for how to have a cootie free marriage and how everything can be perfect I don't even pretend I don't even want to stand here and even pretend that that's the case but I remember actually as a newly married person and people, you know, they always ask the questions when you first get married, you know, how's married life? And, you know, usually the response is, it's great, and, and it's awesome, it's wonderful, and that was true for me, but I don't know if it's just my personality or what, but often people would ask me, how, how's married life? And I would answer honestly, and I would say, I never realized how selfish I was. I never realized how selfish I was until I started sharing a house, but not just a house, a bedroom, a bed and a bathroom with another person. Um, and so that's, and I would say that to some people would look at me like, oh, I wish I hadn't have asked you that question. And it wasn't that things were horrible or anything like that, but I was just like, wow. I, I just like had a head-on collision with my selfishness and my ways and how I had done things. And now suddenly they were, they were you know, inter, intertwined with another person and their ways and how they do things. And so I, I, I know cooties. I know cooties in that regard. And the other th- reason this, I, I really, this whole week, I was like, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? Um, where do you want us to go together and, and ponder this? Um, and the things I kept thinking about is that there's this, and, and some of you all might relate to this, there are some people out there that are, um, they are baffled that they have conflict with another human being sometimes in their marriage. Like, I, I've met people and talked to people, and they come to me, and, or I just talk to them or whatever, and it's almost like they're surprised that they're having conflict with another fallible human being that they are in relationship with. It's like they're surprised. Like, I can't believe that things are not perfect, or I can't believe that we are miscommunicating. I can't believe that we are not thinking the same or agreeing all the time. I can't believe it. And so I hear this, and, and to me that's, that's interesting because I don't, I don't think we should be surprised that we don't always agree, that we're not always in harmony with another human being that is imperfect. Uh, the other thing I see, and this is all going through my brain as I'm trying to... to see whatever the Lord wants to do, is I've also, I've met some folks, and you might know some too, that maybe because of their background, maybe because of whatever their parents went through, or whatever their history is, there's a lot of people out there that in regard to marriage, they just kind of sworn the whole thing off. I mean, they have like stage five, you know, super duper contagious cooties in regard to marriage, and they just want nothing to do with it. 
And then somewhere in the middle of all of this, there are some people who I think they understand the other person that they're in relationship with is not perfect, and they, and they don't want to just chuck the whole thing out the window. And so there's this, we have these, all these ideas and expectations and experiences in regard to marriage. And this is where I kind of think we are. So the only conclusion I could come to um, was that whether we are married or whether we're single or whether we are, I don't know, single again or wish you're single again, I don't know if that's, um, or a serial dater or a serial marrier or whatever you might find yourself, I think it's just safe to say that all of us have to some degree some, some marriage cooties. Um, Mallory currently has a case of marriage cooties, and I hope that she does not get the antidote till she's about 30, so that's okay. Um, but here's all the stuff I'm pondering and thinking about. What does God, what does he want us to walk away with? What does he want us to walk away thinking about and contemplating and maybe even be convicted by? What does he want us to be challenged in? And what, is, uh, what does he want us to, to maybe start to grow towards, not just go, but to grow towards? And I kept being drawn back to this one passage as I was thinking about all these things and praying and every time I did I kept being drawn back to this one particular passage and um, it's in the book of Colossians and it just kept bringing me back to it every time and so I want to ask what we're going to do together this morning it might be a little bit different than than I don't know I think we've done this together before but we're just going to walk through this passage together and I'm just going to pause every now and then in the middle of it and and just kind of We'll just talk about it a bit, and then we'll keep on moving. And we're just really going to focus in on this passage in Colossians chapter 3. Because I think that this passage, what it does, I think it very beautifully yet very firmly gives us um, uh, instruction on how to work towards a cootie-free marriage. So this is what I want us to look at. Um, the only people that are excluded in this, by the way... Um, this is not just for married people. This is not, uh, unless you live alone and you work from home and you never speak or text or type to another human being, you know, kind of hermit-like, and you don't even have a pet. If that's you, then you're excluded from this passage. But otherwise, this is for people who desire to live in harmony with others so that we're not always in conflict with each other. So let's walk with this um, together and see what the Holy Spirit might show us to get together today. Um, Colossians 3, starting in verse 12, I'm going to read to you from the message, which is a paraphrase. I encourage you to go back and look at whatever version you usually read from, New Living Translation, NIV, whatever you use. But I want to read it from the message because um, Eugene Peterson, who wrote this, I had the great privilege of sitting in a class and like doing a seminar, like a three-day thing where he was there, and he talked about the development of the message. It was really awesome. But he is, he's an artist with words. I mean, that's really, he's a wordsmith. And I just love the way he's taken this passage and, and written this. So here's, here's is from the message. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Now, see, I told you I'm gonna pause, so we're already pausing. Think about this. This new life of love. Now, the reality is this passage was not written for, I use this passage that I'm about to read. I, I often read this in the marriages that I get to officiate. I just read it not too long ago to Chuck and Sheila. Uh, I got to share it uh, with Jessica and JD. 
I don't know if I did it with Nancy and Doug yet. I don't know if I stumbled upon it yet or not. I don't think I had yet either with Stephen. Wow, there's a lot of people in here. I've had the privilege of marrying you guys pretty soon. So, um, but but this is not a passage written for married couples. It's actually it's written for the body of Christ, the followers of Jesus who um, want to live in harmony with other people. And this is what this passage is about. So chosen by God for this new life. So I share this in a wedding ceremony, um, but really this new life is talking about people who are choosing to follow Jesus. And let's just think about that for a minute because if you are in relationship with another person, whether it's marriage or whatever it is, and you find yourself in conflict, the first thing that you need to remember is that you, hopefully, are a follower of Christ. Whatever else that other person's dealing with, you are a follower of Christ. You are choosing to live in this new life of love offered through Jesus. Okay, so we need to take that into consideration because often we all, don't we always project and make it about the other person? Don't we do that sometimes or is it just me? We do that. So we need to remember, I am a follower of Jesus. I am living a new life. I'm not living the old life. I'm not living the old life I was in. I'm wanting to live in the new life. So we need to remember this. So chosen by God for this new life of love, of love, not this new life of, I don't know, um, just getting by, um, just uh, making it through, um, tolerating. Gosh, that's a great word, isn't it? No, chosen by God for this new life of love. Okay, so this is the life. And now, how do we dress this life? Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Okay, now let's think about that for a minute. See, this is why I love to walk through a passage together because if you're like me, sometimes I just read through four, five, six, seven, eight, not even sentences, paragraphs, and go, yeah, yeah, I got the gist. Oh, if we just stop and think, stop and contemplate, we would want to hear out of this. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. The wardrobe God picked out for you. And here's what I was thinking about this. How often do I, either the night before or the morning that I, you know, when I start my day, I put on a wardrobe. And it's not, it's not clothing. It's not this. I will think about my day. You do this, you think, oh, well, tomorrow I've got this meeting, I do that. Oh, I've got to deal with that one really sticky thing with that person. It's going to be not very, not very pleasant, and I'm really not looking forward to it. And we kind of, and this is what I do, I kind of put on a wardrobe of, of preparing myself for the stuff i got to do, you know. And so, I don't know, but I can put on things like maybe, boy, I'm going to have to deal with that one person, and I just don't, they're always difficult. And so I'm just going to put on, you know, callousness, because I just really don't want anything they do today to bother me. I'm just going to let it, you know, you know? Or I'm going to put on stubbornness because I'm going to deal with that one person and they never give in. So you know what? I'm not giving in either. Oh, it's Monday, and all this always happens on Monday, so I'm going to put on, you know, we, we, I don't, with ever, without really thinking about it, a lot of us put on a wardrobe. But in this passage, God, is, he's picked out a wardrobe that you and I have the option, the honor of putting on every day. A God-picked-out wardrobe. Now, I have to say this, too. Here's my other thought I had in this. When I think about something like a, a wardrobe that God picked out, 
one of my first thoughts was, well, I thought about the armor of God. You know, we think about that, which is amazing and awesome, and I could just go on a whole thing about the armor of God right now, but I'm actually not. I, I started to think about other things. When people think about, oh, the God, God's wardrobe, and I thought about some words that some people could maybe get, offer. You know, if you were to say, hey, what's God's wardrobe? And don't use the words from the armor of God. Is there anything else God has us wear? And I started thinking that some people, and I, I think I could do this too, might say words like boldness or um, passion or conviction. And we can put on this kind of a wardrobe for God. And, and that's true. Um, there are a lot of people, I think, who are followers of Christ. They call themselves followers of Christ, and they wear this wardrobe, and it's boldness, and it's passion, and conviction. And you know what? And I'm not saying that these are bad words, but I've met some people sometimes who are followers of Jesus, and this is the only wardrobe they wear. And um, sometimes they're kind of hard. I think of the J word, they're jerk. Not, not Jesus, J word, but the other, the other side of the... And, and I think they can often kind of be like this. And I started, this is where my mind went on this, and I track with me if you will. Um, have you ever been to a, like a revival or a, a meeting, a, a big Christian get-together, and they'll bring in like an evangelist, you know, someone who travels around, and basically they, what their job is is they get to come in and stomp all over everybody's toes, and then they get to get in their RV and go, and they don't have to deal with the repercussions. They don't get to deal with the backlash that comes with that. And, and God has, and there are evangelists out there that are God-given, God-gifted people who are called to speak you know, prophetically and in an evangelical way to just get people to really wake up. And then, and then the church and the pastors are left back behind to kind of help to, you know, maybe put on a few Band-Aids and say, no, this was good, this was from God, but let me help you a little bit. Here's, here's where I'm going with this. If you, want to, um, if you want to have harmony in your marriage, I'm going to offer something to you today. If you want harmony in your marriage, don't be an evangelist. Be a disciple. If you want harmony in your marriage relationships, don't be an evangelist. Be a disciple of Jesus. See, Jesus didn't just say something and then leave town. He was there. He lived among it. Then he sent out his disciples, and they were there. And they helped to, to build up the church. And it was grace-filled. And the only time Jesus ever got really loud and, and bold and, and kind of raucous was with the religious people. So if you want to have harmony and peace in, in your relationships, I encourage you not to be an evangelist, but to be a disciple. Show the love of Christ in the way you're living, not just by the words that you're saying. Um, so here's this wardrobe. Let's get to the wardrobe. This is the wardrobe God has picked out. Compassion. All right, just let this settle in on you, okay? Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. I mean, think about this. Think about some of the ensembles you can put together tomorrow instead of what you might have chosen or instead of what you think, oh, well, I'm a Christian, so therefore I've got I've to do this and say this. What about if you just think, Compassion and kindness and humility and quiet strength and discipline. Do this, if you will. 
Will you just, real quick, just do a, a, a check. The last conflict you had with another person, no matter how big or small it was, whether it was married or not, just another human being that you had conflict with, if you can just peg that. And now I want you to um, ask yourself this. Were you wearing any of the following? Compassion. Were you wearing kindness? Were you wearing humility? Were you wearing quiet strength? Were you wearing discipline? Because I really think we honestly, I could just, we could just stop right here and go, okay, we're done. And let's just all go out and try this to the next, you know, week. Let's just try to, let's just try with these five. Wow, if we could just do this. If we could just try and just work on these five qualities this week. Can you imagine how, how things might be a little bit different in the way that people relate to and with us? If we were to consider wearing this wardrobe. Y'all with me? Is everyone with me? Okay, good. There's more to put on, though. Be even-tempered. Be content with second place. Now, think about this. You know why I think we have cooties sometimes in our relationships? Because I think as it's been kind of ingrained in a lot of us is that we want to win. We want the trophy, right? Second place is just first place loser, Okay, we want to be first place. We've got to win. There's something in us. I want to win. And you know what we do in our relationships with people sometimes? And we have conflict? Sometimes we just want to win. We want the other person to say something to the effect of, you're right. Sometimes it's not really about the apology. We just want to hear the person say, I'm sorry. This is what we do. And... Um, and, and when someone, and, and if you get the poor chap, you probably saw this go out this week in the, in the push notifications that we sent out. But here's the thing. When we try to win in our marriage, when we try to win against the other person, guess what? Everybody loses. Nobody is winning if one of you is trying to be the winner. Nobody. Ever. Be content with second place. Be content. Be even-tempered. Content with second place. Quick to forgive an offense. Whew. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master has forgiven you. We've talked a lot about this. It is baffling again. I've used this word twice now. It's baffling when people who, we, and we talked about this several weeks ago, we call ourselves followers of Jesus and we, we bask in the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ, don't we? I mean, is there anyone here that's kind of like, yeah, I could take it or leave it? No, we need it. We want it. We desire it. We're living in it. We are who we are, and we are so thankful that, that, that God has forgiven us through Jesus Christ, and yet we will hold unforgiveness in our heart towards another person. Sometimes the person that we have promised God to love under any and all circumstances will hold unforgiveness and bitterness in our heart. How can we do that? Forgive. Forgive. And, and I love how it's written here. Do it quickly. Not, oh, I'll get around to forgiving. Let me just get through this Beth Moore Bible study and then I'll learn about forgiveness. No. Do it quickly. Do it quickly. Verse 14. And regardless of what else 
what else you put on? Wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I read that and I thought, that is a good pair of jeans is what that is right there. It's your basic all-purpose garment. And you don't ever really want to be caught without a pair of pants on. So this, love. Love, we should never be caught without it. We should never be caught without the love of God through Jesus Christ in our lives, ever. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. And I love this. It's like um, you don't hide it. You don't cover it up. It's noticeable. It's there. It's obvious to, to people around you that you are wearing love. You don't put on love and then hide it with something else on top of it, right? No, it's obvious to those around you. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. In two weeks, you heard J.D. mention this, not, not this coming weekend, but the, hang on. Yeah, is it two weeks? Yeah. Um, we're having our marriage weekend called Jibe. And that word, it means to be in harmony, to be in agreement with another person, to jibe with someone. Not jive with a V, but jibe, to be in, uh, to, to be in harmony, to, to be in step with them. And our key verse for this marriage weekend, I'm excited about this, is Amos 3.3. And this is what Amos 3.3 says. Can two people walk together unless they agree to do so? Get that image in your head. Imagine you walking, you know, hand in hand with a person you love, arm in arm, and then both of you trying to go in your own direction. There's gonna be some injuries. There's gonna be some, some hurt wrists, maybe some sprained ankles, some scraped knees. If two people are walking hand in hand, but they're not in agreement about where they're going, right? Can you just see the, the physical issue that's gonna pose right there? I love this. We need to be in agreement with each other. We need to be in step with each other. So we're gonna be doing this weekend. It's gonna be really fun. We've got some great couples sharing. We've got small groups. We're gonna have a good time, some team building stuff. It's open to anybody who, n there's no age restriction on this. If you're married, if you're engaged, if you're serious in your relationships um, and you think you might be moving towards that eventually, this is who it's for, and we want you to be a part of this. It's going to be very, very fun. And here's the thing I love about technology. You can, you can register on, on your app right now. You can go there and just click on the little Marriage Weekend um, link, and it'll take you right to it. But we want to do this. Here, verse 15 again. Let Christ keep you in tune with each other. You know what that is? That's harmony, I think. Isn't that right? Yeah. Jibe to be in harmony and agreement. Listen to this verse. Let Christ keep you in tune with each other. That's harmony. In step with each other. That's agreement. You gotta be in agreement to be in step with somebody. Everyone's gotta agree that this is how we're stepping and this is where we're going with these steps. So we, we need this. We need to be in harmony. We need to be in step with each other. Now here's what I wanna do as we kind of wrap up this passage. What I would like to do is um, I'm gonna ask you if, if, if you're married I want you to stand up. If you're engaged, you can stand up. And I want you to hear this. I'm gonna read this passage again. Maybe you're married and your spouse isn't here with you. Um, I, want you to stand, I want you to stand up too because you represent that marriage. Um, but I'm gonna read this passage and I just want you to hear this as a, this is like the official term we often use in the marriage ceremonies. I'm charging you. 
You're being charged. You're being given this responsibility. And so I want you to hear this passage again. And for those of you that um, will not be standing, I want you to be praying for those who are. All right, so if you are in that category, once you stand as I read this passage, and I want you to hear this again. I'm going to read through the whole thing. And think about this. If you don't want to have marriage cooties, hear this. So chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Quiet strength. Discipline. Be even-tempered. Content with second place. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good, common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. That is a charge to you, people of God, so that we can be in harmony, in agreement with those that God has us in relationship with. I'm going to ask all of you to stand and pray as we prepare ourselves to receive communion together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity this morning to participate in Holy Communion. God, really there is no better physical image I can think of than the sacrament of communion and the representation of how you desire to be in relationship with us. It is a constant reminder of the links in which you have gone to so that we could call you Father. And you did it through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, this example of sacrifice is one that I confess I take lightly. I have taken lightly. Lord, I pray that we would be people who would choose to live a life that puts others first. Lord, and through our participation this morning in communion, we would be reminded. We would be reminded, Lord, of what you have done so that we could call you Lord. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name.